Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. Peter, chapter number 1. I want to quickly review some things that we said last week and then in a short time just uh, bring you up to date on a couple of other things. Our study on these Wednesday nights will be having to do with three things. The interpretation of the scripture, the preservation of the scripture, and translation of the scripture. Now as I mentioned, I've ordered several little trifolds little pamphlets, little booklets. We have uh, several hundred of those that are coming in. I want to put them in your hands. And they are just uh, very simply uh, comparisons of of probably four or five of the main uh, Bibles that are out there today. Not trying to persuade anyone. And no need to try to persuade me and uh, about my feelings along this line. But I think that people need information today, more than ever. It's one thing to stand up here and preach it till your tongue looks like a red necktie, but it's something else to inform the people. And I want to put things in your hand, we want to put things on this screen that you can look at and you can contemplate and you can make wise decisions about the Word of God. Uh, I don't, there's not any money in it for me, you know, I don't... You know, I don't, I don't, I won't, I won't make a different, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not like a, a football player, you know, I, I don't get all those, all those extra things if you score so many touchdowns and do all those kind of things. I'm not interested in that. I just want to make sure that God's people are informed about the scripture. And so let's look at a couple of things here. I'm, I'm going to hold off on the translation till the end of this when we have the pamphlets and all that in. And so we're looking in Second Peter, chapter number 1, verse number 20 and verse number 21. I'm going real fast, so you listen really fast, okay? Put on your high-speed listening. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scriptures given of any private inter- interpretation. I don't know why I'm having trouble saying that. It's plumb easy. It's part of the English language. I, stay, I, I have been so dry, and don't say amen there. That's not the place to say amen. And, uh, but I'm on, um, uh, for the last 11, 12 weeks, three months now, I've been on two narcotics, I've been on uh, two other painkillers, and, uh, and also uh, uh, steroids, and um, what else? All, I'm taking a handful of medicine about four times a day, and it, I drink water all night long. I drink a whole bottle of water while I'm in the bed at night. And so just uh, be patient with me if I have to sip on a little bit of water every once in a while. It, hopefully it'll go away when, uh, when all this medicine. And by the way, uh, I, I'm thankful that um, I saw my doctor Monday. He said, you've got a long ways to go. But then all of a sudden yesterday, I started getting better. And that's the first time I've been able to say I've gotten better. And, it, and it, the swelling is the same, but the pain is not so much. All I've had... 
I took a Tylenol yesterday, Tylenol today. I did have to take a, a Percocet before I came to church tonight. Been a real busy day. I've been up a lot. And, um, but I think you, I just thank the Lord. You know, swelling's one thing and hobbling around is one thing, but pain is altogether different. Uh, so thank you for that. All right. Uh, just wanted to uh, bring you up to date on that. But anyway, we're looking at this matter of interpreting the Scripture. It said uh, that it's not of any private interpretation, and so nobody has a monopoly on it. The Baptists do not. The Pentecostals do not. The Church of Christ, the Catholics, the list goes on and on and on, hundreds. They don't have, nobody has a copyright to the Scripture. Matter of fact, if you have the King James Bible, there's no copyright to it. And uh, all the others are, and, and, and you would understand that. But, uh, but anyway, nobody, nobody has all the answers. Pastor Ward doesn't. There's times that you can come to me and my answer will be, I'll try to find out, but the answer may be, I don't know. Nobody has all the answers. And, and the Word of God, it's... Uh, so it is, it is to be, God has one meaning to, to the Scripture. And we spent at length last Wednesday night talking about how important, that's not even the right word, there's no option. The only person that has the keys to the Scripture is the Holy Spirit of God. And of course the Father and the Son as well. They're the only ones who knows every verse backwards and forwards, they're the only ones, I had a friend many years ago, or not a personal friend, but I'd, I'd, I knew him and I'd heard him preach up in Augusta a couple of times, and uh, Jack Van Impey, he had memorized, I believe, the entire New Testament and a great portion of the Old Testament, had, had hidden it in memory. Uh, but he didn't know it all. He knew a lot. They, nobody knew more about eschatology, the second coming of the Lord, the end time events, the apocalypse and all. Nobody knew more than he did, but he didn't know it all. And so uh, that's kind of the, the but interpretation of the Scripture is so important. And we're going to look at that very briefly tonight. He said, uh, verse number 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but by holy men of God, as a spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We're going to look at that a little bit later. But these two verses, they tell us, that there's something that's very important in the economy of God, and that is His Word. And there are so many times in, in, in religious circles, maybe even in Christian circles, where the Word of God is misused and abused, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And so we want to be very careful about that. Uh, so we, uh, we looked at a couple of things. Let me just... Take two or three minutes and, and get you to where we were last week. We looked at definitions of interpretation. It means to give an explanation of the true meaning, not just an opinion. An explanation of the true meaning. And there are some ways, there are some guidelines, we'll look at a few of them tonight, that that can be accomplished. Uh, or to give application of the true meaning, and we're talking about the Scripture. Those are like... A, a, regular Webster definitions. And um, I, I remember, and, and I thought about it today when I was studying, I began to think about, you know, years gone by. And, but I remember one time I was uh, talking with this uh, woman, 
And um, I don't know if it was when I, after I came here, when I was still in Lakeland, I, I don't know. But I, re, I remember some words, some words that she said. We were having a discussion about a particular portion of the scripture. And uh, I, I told her what the Bible had to say in this matter. And here's the words that she, this is her reply. I don't care what the Bible says. I, now this is a church going woman. I don't care what the Bible says. I know what I believe. And I got to thinking about it. And it'd be easy to be critical of her and lambast her. But you know, in some respects, everybody in this auditorium is a little bit that way. Maybe not audibly. Maybe you're not going to say it out loud. But everybody, if you've been in, if you've been in church 90 days, something has been said that you didn't 100% agree with, more than likely. If anybody's been preaching, uh, now if, if we're just telling stories and jokes and, and having comedy and, and uh, entertaining, and all, it, it might not be that way. But anywhere the true, unadulterated Word of God is being brought forth, there's going to be something you're going to say, I don't believe it that way. You may not come tell me that, but there on your pew you, you're thinking, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And some of this study that we're going on now over the next two or three Wednesday nights, you'll feel that way about some of it as, uh, as we look on. I don't care what the Bible has to say. I know what I believe. It makes you wonder where she got it from, you know. Maybe some little black book that she checked out of the library. I don't know. I don't know where she got that from. And uh, we're not going to look at these verses. We looked at 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 10 through 16. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 36 and 37. Uh, we looked at 2 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. And Isaiah had a great passage about uh, the Word of God, line by line, precept by precept, uh, there in Isaiah 28. You can write those down. Look them up when you get home. i got to move. i got to keep moving. And then we looked at some different kinds of, of humanistic uh, interpretations. Uh, we looked at the emotional one. A lot of times people believe what they believe about the Bible uh, from emotional experiences. And they will either uh, accept or discount the Word of God, not by what it says and what it teaches, but rather how they feel about it and uh, what their thinking is. And perhaps something that they've been trained in, it's very difficult to, when people are caught up in, in, in cults, uh, that's kind of an exaggerated example, but when people are caught up in cults, they're very difficult to deal with. And, uh, and you know that what they're being taught and what they understand is wrong according to the Word of God, but you, can't, you couldn't change them with an act of Congress. There's nothing can do to change their emotional interpretations. And then, then there's the educated ones. You have to be careful with this now, the educated and the uneducated. Uh, you don't have to be... You don't have to have degrees after your name to read and understand the Bible. The Bible is written on a sixth grade level. Now, I was in Clyteville in the sixth grade, and I don't remember anything about it. I've forgotten everything about it. So I should be able to read the Bible if I went to Clyteville. Way back, that would have been in the, in the early 60s. And um, I, if I, you know, I should be able to read the Bible. You say, well, I can't understand it. I can't either. I have to confess, I don't understand all of it. There's a lot of it I don't understand. 
And someone asked me a question just recently, and, and um, I had to, had to think about it a little while, and, and I wasn't sure when I gave the answer. I said, don't, you know, don't write this on a piece of paper and make me sign it at the bottom, because I'm not absolutely sure. And so, uh, but we get these educated uh, interpretations of the Scripture, and then on the other side, we get these uneducated interpretations of the Scripture. And I'm not going to elaborate on that. Then tradition... It's what the Baptists believe. It's what the Church of Christ believe. It's what they believe. Some of them for 100 years. Some of them for 200 years. Some of them for uh, many, many decades or whatever the case may be. Um, these traditional interpretations of the Scripture. That's why there's so many churches. If everybody believed the same thing, they'd all be the same way. You could go to any of them. But the reality is they don't. Interpreting the Scripture. And then this dispensational, you know, that, that, you know, there was a God writes to the Jews in the Old Testament. Primarily, he's addressing the uh, Jewish nation. Then in the New Testament, it's uh, the, uh, the uh, New Testament church. And uh, we like to make that division, and the, and the Bible does that. He talks about it in the book of Hebrews, about the Old, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we understand what God was saying here. But uh, there's, uh, there's some practical applications that you can learn from Adam and Eve and Noah and Abraham and Moses and Joshua. And all, there's practical applications that we can learn. We can learn the importance of this book, this, this Word of God, this Decalogue. We, we, can, we can understand, about, we can know the Ten Commandments. And when Jesus came, He didn't eradicate the law, He fulfilled the law because He knew we couldn't. And so there's these dispensational uh, interpretations. And so we, we looked at it and, and uh, now look with me in the book of Acts very quickly. In the book of Acts in chapter number 8, I wanted to read this whole story, but for the sake of time, I'm going to just condense it a little bit. You, you know the story, having a great revival meeting, and um, Philip's on his way back home and uh, heading down from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's verse number 26. And uh, look in verse number 27. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot, uh, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah, or, uh, or Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read of the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest, what thou readest. Do you understand what, what you're reading? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? Boy, that is, that is loaded with the importance of knowing your Bible. And uh, I, I, can't, I can't emphasize how important those two verses are and how they just kind of... This is, this, is, this is the importance of being able to interpret the Scripture accurately and especially in this setting. And, uh, and he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the Scripture which he read was this. 
He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before her shearer, so this is Isaiah 53, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. that wonderful? You see, Philip didn't have the Romans road. He didn't have... Uh, one of these tracks that we all carry around, five, six steps to, you know, to being saved and uh, God's simple plan of salvation. All he had was this little portion of Scripture that the man had with him. I don't know if they were giving away Bibles or handouts at the revival meeting, but somehow or another he got his hand on a portion of Scripture and he was reading that portion of Scripture. Now there's three things that I see in this part and we'll almost be done. There's three things that I see that we need, to, we need to put markers by. Number one, sinners don't understand. We read that last week in, in 1 Corinthians, that the, the uh, natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, uh, they're for, for their foolish unto him, neither can he know them. They are spiritually discerned. The Holy Spirit has to touch a heart. Sinners don't understand. Can, can I say this? Unsaved people don't understand. They don't, I didn't. I was 22 years old before I ever heard, well, it was my, my second clear presentation of the gospel. One time when I was in high school and then when I was uh, 22 years old. But you see, I didn't understand. I didn't understand. We used to ride by this church all the time. I was raised two or three miles from here down in the airport subdivision, 1906 Hutchison Street. Went to school at Clyteville, went to school at Lowndes Middle School, went to school at Lowndes High School. And I'd ride by this church. Matter of fact, when, when, when they were building this church over here, we were still racing stock cars across the way. It used to be the I-75 Speedway. And I've sat over there on a Sunday afternoon in a truck pulling a trailer with a race car on it right out there in front of this building, pulled over on the side getting ready to pull into the pits. I didn't understand. I didn't see any difference in being here and being over there. You know why? Because I didn't. That sinners. That's what makes it so different to win your loved ones and your friends and your relatives and, and your co-workers. And that's why it's so hard because they are without understanding of this. You can read it to them. You can... But until the Holy Spirit of God works in their heart and takes these words and makes application in their heart, then all of a sudden there's a certain kind of darkness that takes a certain kind of light. And when that light is turned on, I remember that night in April of 1972 on that Thursday night at about 10 o'clock. I didn't understand. I didn't understand what the, what the preacher was talking about Sunday morning. I didn't understand what he was talking about Sunday night. He was talking about Calvary and he was talking about the blood and heaven and hell and salvation by grace through faith. I really didn't understand a whole lot of that Wednesday night, whatever he taught on Wednesday night. Well, when he opened up the Word of God and started explaining to me 
a lost sinner, that Jesus, that I was born in sin, that I was a sinner by nature, and he went through all of those verses and then told me the wonderful story of how that Jesus loved us and came and died on the cross and I got on my knees in that 12 by 44 New Moon mobile home. I got down on my knees by the couch and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And I'll tell you the rest of the story sometime. But I didn't understand until then. Number two. Christians should have understanding. You see, we're, we're the instruments that God is using to spread this word. Whether it's around the block, around the corner, or around the world. The Holy Spirit is present, He is working, but it, God uses in God's toolbox. We're, we're His hammer, we're His saw, we're His screwdriver. We're what, we're what God uses to bring that, that lack of understanding to understanding. We have everything that we need. You need a witness, you need the Word, and you need the Holy Spirit. And if a sinner will listen to what those three things are saying, uh, he'll get saved. And, uh, and so God's Word, number three, and I didn't have these in our notes. Uh, number one, the sinners don't understand. Christians should understand. Number three, that, uh, that this book, God's Word, is all about Jesus. Now, let me close with these things. We just give you these basic rules. These are just some things that uh, you may want to think about uh, in this matter of making your decision about what you... Th this is not Bible college level stuff. This is just plain old... Steve Ward stuff. And uh, number one, always let the Scripture say what it means and mean what it says. Have you ever heard that before? I'd like to think that I made that up, but I didn't. Let it say what it says. When you're reading your Bible, when you're, when you're, you need to read your Bible open-minded. And, and when, you, when you start looking at it, you need, to, you need to let God say what He's saying. Because He really means what He says. And, and we can't go through with a penknife and cut pages out and sections out and chapters out and thoughts out and ideas out. We can't just cut it out and, and throw it in the fire and let it burn. Let the Scripture say what it says and mean what it means. Number two, never read between the lines. Now my simple explanation of that, there's nothing between the lines. In my Bible, there's nothing between the lines. And, uh, but that simply means reading things into it, or taking things out of it, Never read between the lines. Here's, a, here's an important one. Always compare Scripture with Scripture. That's, that is the key element in this matter of, well, what does the Bible say here? There's a, this rule of, and we'll get into this a little bit later, there's this rule of first mention in the Bible. If, 
If there's something that's mentioned in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, you won't find anything in the book of Revelation to contradict what was mentioned over there. The first time that it's mentioned, it is it, all the way through the Bible, everywhere that you find that subject, you'll find the same content. Every time. Every single time. We find early on in the days of Noah that people are saved by grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Man, I wish I could get happy. <laughs> but I'm afraid I might take off running, and that wouldn't be a pretty sight. It's, it's grace then, it's grace now. Nobody's been saved outside the grace of God from Adam to anybody that's gotten saved tonight. It's all by grace. Plus nothing, minus nothing. Always compare Scripture with Scripture. Well, if, if I don't understand fully what... what let's, find, let's find some other uh, like text. Let me give you the rest of these. Uh, take the Scripture at 100% value. These are my personal study guidelines. I don't think I've ever even shared them with you before. Take the Word of God at 100%. What hit just, just, if I just open it up and take a random verse and read it, take it for what it says. Take it for what it says. Next, I don't have them numbered. Honesty is the best policy. You know, it's one thing to tell somebody else a lie. But it's something else to lie to yourself. When the Bible said this about a certain subject, and uh, I, I, I say to myself, well, um, and, and that was the, uh, the devil's early tactic, was to just change a word here and change a word there. We're going to get into that word changing. What was it, just two words that were changed in that whole conversation? The devil changed two words, left out two words, I believe, in that that whole section. You can't trust the devil. And you can't trust yourself. I don't like it when the Bible rubs my fur the wrong way. I'm as human as anybody. Brother David was talking about a, his lifetime of, of giving to the work of the Lord. Well, the devil, he'll lie to you about, he'll tell you, if, you know, if you give that money to the work of the Lord, you're going you're gonna to die broke and all those kind of things. And uh, don't, don't, take, don't take the devil at his word. And so here's, here, just be honest. Honesty. Definition of the text should be given in light of the context. Now what does that mean? This is one of my latter requirements for myself in my Bible study. Defining the text should be given in light of the context. I had to look, I, I knew it sounded good, so I had to look it up and see what it meant. <laughs> you know, I had to figure out, well, you know, what does that mean? And so I just looked at the, uh, a couple of the words, the word context. I'm, I'm, to, I'm to give an interpretation of a text in light of the context. The context 
is that which precedes the thought and that which follows the thought. Don't just read one little verse. It is true that you can take three verses out of the Bible, out of their rightful place, out of context. It's important that the text be interpreted through the context. That is what precedes it and what follows it. And then, of course, other verses as well. You can take three verses and, and prove that every person in this auditorium ought to quickly go outside and commit suicide. Three verses. The Bible said that Judas hanged himself. The Bible said that, that in one place, this do thou likewise. It has nothing to do with hanging yourself. And what thou doest do quickly. Take those three verses out of context. We empty the auditorium and we look like the uh, James Jones in Guyana and drinking the Kool-Aid. Some of you say, what in the world was that? The actual words of what we're to go by. Okay, let me give you this one. Always know what words not commonly used mean. Our, our English language has evolved, and some of the words that you read in here, they don't mean the same thing today, but I, I don't think that changes anything in the Scripture. And then finally, I saw this, and, and this kind of got me stirred up. Here is the United States legal rule of interpretation. Look at this. That where a clear statement is made in a document that no subsequent, that is additional or newer information, or obscure, that is lesser and not as clear, or not as plain, that no subsequent or obscure statement shall be permitted to put it aside. I like that. I mean, if the Bible said that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, just take it as it is. It, it doesn't matter if somebody... And, and you know, I, I was thinking a while ago, Brother Jonathan, we, we were leading... We were singing those songs, and I was sitting over here thinking, I probably shouldn't have been. I was singing and thinking at the same time. And uh, I was thinking about there's more gospel on that screen of the songs that we're singing than you'll hear behind the pulpits in the average church. I mean, you, we sing about the blood. We sing about Calvary. We sing about grace. We sing about faith. We sing about all of those things having to do with salvation. I believe there was more gospel on that screen tonight than many people will hear in a lifetime, sadly. Sadly. And church ought to be that way. That's, that's what I was trying to say a while ago about the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip and that, that situation. And uh, there was the, the eunuch and, and the servant. Uh, but everything is about Jesus dying on the cross for the sins of the world. And the further I go in the ministry and the longer I live this life, the more concerned I am. Some of the, the petty things that, you know, they're just kind of, I'd just rather put those things aside and be full speed ahead 
and telling somebody about Jesus. Well, we've been so sidetracked, haven't we? We're working our way back, and I thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for that. But this, this matter of who, uh, you know, who's in charge, you know, I, I really believe the church is in charge of, of uh, the publishing of the Scripture. That's why we support places like Victory Baptist Press and uh, Bearing Precious Seed, print millions of Bibles a year. I believe the church is accountable for this book. The interpretation of the Scripture is of great importance. We're going to look at the other two in time. Thank you for being here tonight. You're such a good audience. Let's stand for prayer. It is prayer meeting night.